For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Welcome to all of you across the Fruited Plain. It's Eric Erickson here from my flagship station, WSB, broadcasting out across America. The phone number this open line Friday, 877-973-7425. Text the word Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Subscribe to the show notes. Now, before I move on to anything else, oh, I got something to tell y'all. I did something, caused a little bit of controversy. I want to take a phone call from Ellaby, who is waiting patiently. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fine. How about yourself? I'm great. Good. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I've uh, been pastoring a church here in the Austell area for like 29 years, and it's a small church. We started out as a pretty good group of people, but now uh, we, the old people have paid their dues and all they want to do is go to church nobody really wants to kind of get involved in ministry very much um i also work a job i'm uh tucking my shirt in right now before i'm about to check in in about uh six minutes i drive a transit bus oh wow so i i call it my portable pulpit i probably can, can reach more people who are desperate and who uh probably are not trying to uh be a status quo uh, on the bus. Um, people are in need, believe it or not. I wish I could get anybody and everybody to ride the bus, at least from one end to the other, to see that uh, there, there are some real people out here who, who, who are really concerned about America, who's really concerned about uh, a whole lot of issues that, you know, are taboo to talk about. Mm-hmm. But you uh, you most definitely are, are on point um, dealing with ministry. Um, I, um, my church is in an association, and I, I really don't... Um, 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 Fellowship with a lot of those guys. They they tend to like to swap a hundred dollars at, at anniversaries, and uh, that's about it. Pat you on the back with one hand and pull you in with the other. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we moved here from Oakland, California. We did ministry there, which was great. And uh, I've pretty much settled in uh, to the point where now my wife is she's content with the, uh, um, the vacations that we take, and I you know it's time to it's time to retire. Um, well, look. Back and, uh, listen. Thank you for thank you for calling in and, and for sharing. I, I just I, you know I and I, listen. I'm going to be honest with you because it was only I want to say in the last year or two that uh, it, it was my pastor brought it up that how it actually is not common for pastors in America to have full time jobs in ministry. That most of them actually have jobs elsewhere and then do it on Sunday. 
And it, it, it never even dawned on me that that was the majority. I assumed it was the minority and completely the opposite in this country. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Uh, look, I ride a motorcycle too, man. I got me an Indian, a dark horse. And mm-hmm. uh, I kind of free myself that way. But uh, nice. I really do appreciate your show. And um, so, so is my wife. Man. She's well, like, look, I, I appreciate it a ton. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. And, and good luck with the day job as well. That That's driving a bus in Atlanta, Metro Atlanta traffic. Yikes. Um, y'all, I'm in a little bit of hot water on the Internet. Put it off till now. I stand by everything. I'm going to record this. Philip can put it up if he wants or not. Rafat Al-Arir is one of Gaza's most prominent writers, activists. He was dead. He was killed in an airstrike. Uh, His sister's home was hit. His brother, sister, her four kids, others died. He's dead. I commented on the tweet about his death, and my comment was the word good. Stand by it. A baby an Israeli baby, was found in an oven. Hamas had taken the baby, placed the child in an oven, and turned it on. Eli Beer recounted this. His group was among the first to respond to and witness the atrocities of October 7th. Hamas literally threw a Jewish baby in an oven and baked the baby alive. Rafat al-Arir, who died yesterday in an Israeli airstrike, commented about the baby being baked alive in the oven, and his comment was this. With or without baking powder. That was his comment. Wonder if they put baking powder on the JDAM. Hmm. Good riddance. The man was a prominent advocate for what Hamas was doing. And, you know, there are consequences. It is increasingly clear that it is not Hamas that's the problem, but the people of Gaza. Uh, The majority of them who cheer on the Hamas atrocities, not because they live in fear of Hamas, but because they support it. Um, These people, Israel's providing them a path out, providing them a path to safety, and their own government is blocking them, their own government. I am more and more mindful of the fact that uh, a lot of these people, they are the enemy. They certainly don't sound at all like they are our friends. This is the executive director of the Council of American Islamic Relations. Listen to this. Nahad Awad, listen. So I hope, unlike so many people who only woke up to October 7th, the people of Gaza 
have been aware and living every day of October 6, 5th, 4, 3, 1, and September 31st, and, and all the way to 1956. The people of Gaza only decided to break the siege, the walls of the concentration camp, on October 7th. And yes, I was happy to see people breaking the siege and throwing down the shackles of their own land and walk free into their lands that they were not allowed to walk in. Listen, and he's yes, talking about going into Israel. The people of Gaza have the right to self-defense, have the right to defend themselves. And yes, Israel as an occupying power does not have that right to self-defense. Got that? Israel doesn't have a right to self-defense because it's an occupying power. And he's talking about how the people of Gaza broke down the wall and took back their land, went into their land. He's meaning into Israel to kill the Israelis. And this is not me emotionally speaking. This is what the international law says, that an occupier power has no self-defense from the territory it occupies. While we hear the entire world, hypocritical world, is denying the occupied the right to self-defense and granting the right to be aggressive to the occupier. This is a justification of Hamas. Not Hamas as a terrorist organization. Hamas as a governing entity taking back its land, meaning the land of Israel. This is the executive director of the Council of American Islamic Relations. This man is on the side of terrorist enemies of this country. This is the voice of the leading Islamic organization in this country. He's siding with terrorists who threw a baby into an oven and baked that baby alive. He's siding with the terrorists who tied a father and child together, poured gasoline on them while they were alive, and lit a match. He's talking about defending the terrorists who chopped off the heads of children. He's talking about the terrorists who raped women so violently they broke their pelvises before putting bullets in their head. He's talking about the terrorists who killed children and grandmothers. He's talking about the terrorists who killed kids who went to a music festival for peace. He's talking about defending those people, saying they were taking back their land and that Israel has no right to self-defense because it is an oppressive occupier of Palestinian territory. This man's an abomination. This man is evil. This man and his organization are not on the side of the Americans and frankly should probably be put on the terror watch list after saying something like that. The White House has denounced him, not by name, but very clearly about him, denounced him. The president released a statement denouncing him. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the congresswoman from Georgia, She went to an event with the white supremacist, Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes is a white supremacist, white nationalist, hates the Jews, made jokes about killing Jews and the Holocaust. I doubt Marjorie Taylor Greene knew any of that. She was roundly condemned for having gone to his event and has uh, shied away from him ever since, but Republicans 
were forced to denounce her, where it had cameras shoved in their face, say, what do you think about her going to this guy's event? Democrats are rarely ever forced to denounce showing up at Louis Farrakhan's Nation of Islam events. They should be denounced for having anything to do with CARE, the Council of American Islamic Relations. They should they should be made to run for the hills and distance themselves from this. This man justifying the beheading of babies. This man is justifying baking a child in an oven, burning the child up in an oven. This man is is defending the raping of women. An Islamic uh, imam in Gaza has come out now and said it's justified. The, the sexual abuse of the Israeli women is actually justified in the Quran, this imam has said. These people are monsters. And the monsters need to be put down in some capacity or another, silenced, driven out, cast out, shunned, shamed, but you have no sense of shame if you think that Israel has no right to self-defense. The Gaza scholar who died, good riddance to the man. He was a Hamas supporter who gave voice to Hamas and legitimized its cruelty and actions. I apologize for nothing on that front. These people have no shame in their cruelty and their monstrousness and in their ability to justify their evil. They claim their evil is good and that the good is evil. No, no, we need moral clarity. And I, I got to say, good for Joe Biden and the White House for releasing a statement. They they wanted to dance around it. They, they, they wanted to play footsie because they don't want to lose the Islamic vote. But they did come out and put distance between them and the executive director of CARE. They should do more, but at least they did that. You know someone who's provided some moral clarity? I'll tell you who after I play the audio. You've seen the presidents of some of our most elite universities literally unable to denounce calling for the genocide of Jews as anti-Semitic. That lack of moral clarity is simply unacceptable. We've seen a restaurant owner who's a friend of mine accused of genocide simply because he's Jewish. We've all seen college students afraid to go to class. We've seen people afraid to go to markets, afraid to go to synagogues, literally being attacked on our streets. That was the president, that was the vice president's husband who is Jewish second gentleman of the United States of America, Doug Imhoff. Good for him, providing some more clarity. I'm telling you guys, listen, and I think this is a point you really need to take home. You and I can disagree so vehemently on the politics of so many people on the other side, but you need to note who's standing against clear evil and who's not on the other side. And as many of them are not, there are some who are, and it's worth pointing out that those people are standing on a clear side between good and evil. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Open line Friday, 877-973-7425. I can squeeze in one call here before we got to go to break. Alan, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, Eric. Uh, I love listening to you. I just, as I'm a native Atlanta Jewish Georgian, I want to thank you from the wait, bottom wait, wait, of wait, all wait, of wait, our wait, 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 hang on, hang on, folks. We I, we might have just found like an authentic unicorn. You are a native Jewish Atlantan. I am. So is yeah. my father. Wow. Two generations. Y'all, y'all don't understand. Like nobody from Atlanta is from Atlanta, but Alan is from Atlanta. Yeah, born that- and raised. Never lived above <laughs> the Mason Dixon line. Nice. Good for you. Uh, and I've never faced anti-Semitism, period, down here. Uh, went to public elementary, public high school, you know, very welcoming community. A lot of people up north don't believe uh, that that is true, but it is. Uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. We have felt very lonely and afraid during these last few months, and your full-throated defense of Israel and the Jewish people have brought tears to my eyes. You have no idea how much we appreciate it. I'm at the. I'm picking up car. I'm retired. I'm picking up carpool at my grandchildren's school, and it is literally an armed camp. I'm raising grandchildren in this world. We need you, and we need more people like you. So thank you, Alan. I thank you very much, Alan. I, I listen. I, I appreciate it tremendously. Um, thank you for your kind words, man. Two today, Charlie. You led through two people to say something nice about me. I, Amazing. In all seriousness, though, I, I am a firm believer there are there are real rights and real wrongs, and there's real good and there's real evil. And I don't think Israel is a perfect nation or a flawless nation any more than I think the United States is. But uh, there's no dispute that this is a nation that was at peace until monsters invaded on October 7th. And you can't justify with whatabouts the fallout from the massacre uh, that Hamas engaged in and then blame the people of Israel and the Jewish people of the world for wanting to defend themselves. They're on the right side, Hamas, and the Palestinians are not, and those who defend them. Now, I got to tell you, a group that I enjoy being with because they're so often right and on the right side of history is Americans for Prosperity. They fight for limited government. They fight for free markets and free people. And really importantly, around the country, they are one of the chief fighters for school choice and school reform in this country that is so badly needed and for free market reform and health care. Those are two big issues that should galvanize everyone on the right to lower costs in health care and provide parents access to great education for their kids wherever they can find it. And AFP wants you on their side in those fights. And you can join them at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Go sign up with AFP. They'll teach you the best arguments to be the most persuasive, to bring the most people to our side, to fight for free markets and free people, to fight for school choice and free market health care reform. AmericansforProsperity.org slash Eric. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across America. The phone number, open line Friday, 877-973-7425. I'm going to go to Saeed. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hello. How are you? Hi. Good. What's going on? Good. 
I'm from Iran, and I I think that before um, when Republican was in power, uh, everybody thought that if they voted for Democrats, they would change the regime in Iran. Most Iranians thought that way. But after three years and last year, a lot of kids, they're in jails and they're being killed or tortured, and there's still nothing happened with this regime. And I think that most people that they're Iranian, they're changing and they're turning back to Republican and hoping that they would change this regime of dictatorship. But not to forget that the regime of Iran, there's no difference between them and Hamas. Mm-hmm. What they done, Hamas did in Israel, Iran is doing it to their people. I mean, Iranian regime. So, Saeed, let me ask you, um, so did your family leave Iran um, while you were alive, or, or did they immigrate before you were born yes. during the revolutionary period? We, we Actually, right after, I mean, my brother was here or came before revolution and became 1983, so right after the revolution, we came out. And, and what part of the country you're from? I'm from Esfahan. Oh, nice. Oh, what a beautiful place. Um, it's a gosh. beautiful place. It's a beautiful country, beautiful people. I mean, very peaceful. But mm-hmm. this regime is taking hostages of the whole country. It's, they're, they're evil. They're evil. I, I don't know that Americans appreciate as they should that uh, the overwhelming population of people in Iran are oppressed. They're not on the side of the mullah and the ayatollahs. They're... they're they are freedom-loving people who can't get Absolutely. out of a uh, totalitarian regime. Wonderful people. Some of my best friends growing up overseas had fled uh, the revolution. Um, my, one of my best friends' um, fathers and, and grandfather had, had worked for the Shah's government. They had to flee. Um, they were bankers. And then I had some other friends who actually were from Isfahan, uh, which is how I, I know wow. the city. They had pictures of the city, and they lived with us in Dubai, and, and just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. And and I, I, I've stayed in touch with some of them, and, and they have family back in Iran, and as best they can talk to them and gather around the prying eyes of, of the government, they are a repressed people yearning to breathe free, and it is uh, horrible that the American government, uh, particularly under the Obama and now the Biden administrations, have just refused to help those people. Uh, you, when you had the people protesting in the streets uh, during the, the, the yeah. summer of turmoil in, in Arab nations, and suddenly in Iran you, you have the people marching to the streets, and Obama turned his back on him. It was just – it felt like such a betrayal of such a wonderful people. Yes, it was. And so as last year. I mean last year the same thing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, and, and still going on. I, I saw yesterday that they they hanged a fifteen year old for for saying something against yes. the Ayatollah. It's what yes. it's it's just. And, uh, I wish Americans okay. could go to Iran and and see how beautiful it is and how wonderful the people are. I was hoping that people would understand that Hamas is no different than regime of Iran, and mm-hmm. if we want to get rid of Hamas and their the money, the power, their guns, everything comes from Iran. So why don't we focus on Iran and changing that regime and helping the people of Iran? We absolutely should. I, I, look, I, I am a thousand percent with you. The only major difference is that in Iran, the people do not support the regime. And in, in, unfortunately, in, in Gaza, so many of the people have for so long been brainwashed into thinking Hamas are their liberators 
the people of Iran know better that that uh, the Iranian regime is not just the enemy, but funding uh, terrorists around the world. It, it is awful. And, you know, as an aside, by the way, Saeed, my, the people I know who are from Israel are some of the most vocal Muslims against Hamas and what's happened to Israel. And, and a lot of them actually have relatives who were Jewish in Iran before the purges in, in yes. the late 1970s, even though they were Muslim and Jews, yes. they lived in peace with each other. People don't understand that. Of course. Espahan, in the city that I live, we had Jewish and we had Christians. We lived among each other, and they were fine. Everybody's mm-hmm. just friends. I mean, if you go to Espahan, it's one of the oldest churches right in Espahan. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, Jewish people in there, too. It's, it's amazing. It is, and so many now have to live in fear on a daily basis because of that awful regime. Yes. Um, look, thank you so much for calling in. That 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 makes thank my day. Thank you very it's, much for letting me. Isfahan is such a beautiful on, place. On Absolutely, thank you so much. Oh, I, I I wish and folks, I've never been to Iran, but I grew up with a lot of friends who were refugees from the revolution, and and they had beautiful pictures in their houses, and they're the the, the nicest people. Um, the, the Iranian people are just some of the, the smartest, kindest people. It just I have a real passion for the people of Iran because I, I, I grew up with them and, and their lives had been in turmoil because of the Iranian revolution and the rise of uh, the Islamic radicals in Iran and the Ayatollah and their death to America. And it's just, it's, gosh, the people there, they it's not like the situation in Gaza where the majority of people are on the side of Hamas and in Iran, they live in daily fear. The majority of people who yearn to be free, they are uh, engineers and doctors and, and lawyers. They're, they're school teachers. They're stay-at-home moms, and they are on a daily basis live in fear of their government. For all the people in this country, for all the people in this country who hate the government, if you're a Democrat, you hate it when Republicans are in charge or a Republican, you hate it when the Democrats are in charge. You don't have to live on a daily basis in fear of your government. One of the things the Democrats are, are so obsessed with with Trump is that, oh, we'll have to live in fear of the government. Donald Trump will use the government against us. You know, it's the Biden administration that's pulling pro-lifers out of their homes at gunpoint. It was the Obama administration that sued the nuns to try to force them to pay for abortions. But you really, you don't have to fear your government. If you go out tomorrow to your town square with a bullhorn and you say, blankety-blank Joe Biden, you are not going to have a rope put around your neck and hoisted up by a crane for all to see as you choke and die. But that's going to happen in Iran if you stand in the street with a bullhorn and say death to the Ayatollah or screw the Ayatollah. They're going to hang you by a crane in the town square and leave your body until your corpse is rotted enough that your head separates from the rest of your body around that rope. And they're going to do it willfully and intentionally to scare the people into submission. And in a lot of regimes over time, the people succumb. But not the Iranians. They need help. The majority of them 
are so opposed to the Ayatollah, and many of those alive still to this day remember what it was like before. And the Shah was not a perfect regime. Do not do do not think that the Shah was somehow perfect. It wasn't. But the people themselves are wonderful, freedom-loving people who love the United States. That they have to be forced at gunpoint to chant death to America because they don't believe it. They they are they're they're the Iranians every everywhere under the sun I've ever gone and met Iranians who have fled the regime. They are some of the most pro-America people, and they also support Israel. They're Shiite Muslims who support Israel because they know what it's like to live under the regime of the Ayatollahs. So they know what it's like to live under the regime of Hezbollah and Hamas, and, and they know they're funded by the Ayatollahs, so they're the enemy, and that if they're the enemy, Israel cannot be the enemy. It's just remarkable. Uh, and and we in this country, we, we, we really just don't have an appreciation of this country. Right now, I, I didn't mean, Saeed, this is your fault. I'm getting off on. Y'all don't understand how much I love the Iranian people. You, you just, you, you can't. Um, you, you did, I realize you didn't grow up as I grew up and, and my friends growing up and the stories they told and, and to live with their parents and grandparents having fled this, this repressive regime and to be like the most pro-Ronald Reagan, pro-American people you will ever meet on planet Earth. And they were just the kindest, kindest, kindest people. And, and, and everyone I've met from Iran who's been able to flee, it's the same way. They are just just wicked, smart hardworking people who love, love Iran and hate the government and and love this country. I just, it, it makes me sad for them that it's such a beautiful country run by the worst people on the planet. James, you're going to be next. Welcome to the, whoa, wait, wait James, how are you? <laughs> yes, hi. Uh, I just would like to very much uh, add to what you're saying. Uh, I've had the good fortune to Travel to about 70 countries around the world. I have my own business giving slideshows, uh, actually in the Carolinas here in nursing homes and schools, the death of uh, international travel. And um, uh, when I was in Iran, uh, I was walking down the streets of uh, one of the major cities there, and a car pulled up along the sidewalk and uh, rolled down the window and said, Hey, are you from uh, America? And I said, Yes. And they said, uh, get in the car. We're going to take you to lunch. And I naturally, you know, I grew up with stranger danger and all that. And I saw young children in the car and people smiling. And I said, okay, I'll take the chance. They took me to the most expensive restaurant in town. We talked for over three hours. Had the greatest time of my life. And uh, I just want to tell you that the Iranian people, the average civilians, just like you're saying in the radio, are probably among the absolute nicest people in the entire world. And the government is the problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, it, it's so it sad. It parallels too. a little bit about what we're going through here in terms of our government, but I won't get into that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prob- probably. <laughs> we don't have enough time for that. But listen, James, I, I appreciate that. Uh, and and uh, impressed you're able to go over and, and, and have those conversations there. It really is. It's, it's, they, are, they are great people. They are just great people. Um, all right, uh, I, I need to move on to other things. I'll just tell you guys, I'm, I am, as soon as the show is over, I got to run home, round up my kids. So I, I, I do my show. I've got a studio near my house now, so I'm not having to commute 
every day to the main office. And I was at the main office yesterday because I did an event. I I bought this humidor. There's this company called Amador. And I needed a humidor. I had this growing cigar collection. People were sending me cigars. I was buying them for friends. Uh, I, I, I don't tend to, to smoke a lot of cigars, but I have friends who come over and they do. And, and I like to have nice cigars for them. And I know among my friends, I tend to have higher income and I can buy the nicer cigars and, and keep them for my friends. And I bought this humidor from this place called Amadors. It They take surplus military equipment and convert them into humidors. And I bought a landmine crate from the Vietnam War. And it they converted it into a uh, humidor with, with cedar lining. It's a double humidor, holds about 500 cigars. It has a 50 caliber bullet as a um, as a handle. It's just, it's cool. It is so cool. And I carried the thing, weighs about 50 pounds. I carried it up to a fundraiser last night in Atlanta for a Reformed Theological Seminary. And the whole thing was come hear me talk about the value of, of the seminary and how donors should support that seminary. And then you can hang out with me and smoke cigars as opposed to my bourbon, which I save for Children's Healthcare of Atlanta and a fundraiser for that. It was a great time, had a great day. Then I had to drive home last night, hour and a half from there back to my house. And now I got to go round up my kids as soon as the show is over and drive back to Atlanta to see Nate Bergazzi. My, he turns 15 tomorrow. I'm saying my 14 year old, but tomorrow he turns 15, is a huge fan of stand up comedy and loves Bergazzi. So I'm taking him. I got good seats tonight, and we're going to stay at a hotel so that I can take him tomorrow for his birthday. We can go to Airsoft because he's suddenly gotten into Airsoft. Oh, my gosh. That is an expensive thing to get into. Uh, And the Lego store in Atlanta and buy himself a birthday present. Take his sister with us, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, we'll take his sister with us, and we're going to have a good time. My wife is beside herself with joy. My wife gets the house just her and the dog tonight. <laughs> She's like, it's like a vacation and I don't have to leave home. Like, yep, you get to take the vacation. The rest of us will be out of the house. It should be a fun time. Uh, Bergassi, if, y'all, if you're not into stand-up comedy and you want a clean comedian, he, he does not use profanity at all in his comedy. It's just very funny comedy about life. Nate Bergazzi is the comedian you want. He is just a wonderful, wonderful comedian. And I have not told my my kids yet, so I got it arranged for us to have two rooms at the hotel connecting rooms. So I, I guess I'm going to give my my oldest uh, the room to herself, so she can have the king size bed, and my son and I can have the have the queen size beds in the other room. Um, give her some. Well, she takes long showers, and she's a girl with a lot of stuff, so <laughs> she can have the room to herself. I guess we'll see what her brother says. It's his birthday. It should be a good time, and my wife gets to not have us in the house. Tonight, she gets peace and quiet. So we'll get Bergazzi. She'll get peace and quiet, and everybody will be happy. A buddy of mine texted me and says, don't you mean the Persian people, not the Iranian people? I was like, man, I only got three hours in a day. I I, I couldn't couldn't explain all that to everybody. <laughs> oh, but yes, yeah, he, he's technically right. I read the Time Magazine profile. Taylor Swift, she's the person of the year. Uh, she has a great line in there. She doesn't have to worry about defeating her enemies. The, or, the trash takes itself out. It's actually it was a very interesting profile, and I would encourage you to read it, whether you're a fan of Taylor Swift or not. My daughter is a fan of Taylor Swift, um, and I, I will inevitably get some, some angry, and it's usually a, a, a female 
uh, of a particular age says, I can't believe you let your daughter listen to Taylor Swift. Don't you know about her politics? I, I don't I don't care. Uh, brilliant musician who it, it does incredible fan service. But I bring this up for a particular reason. So last year, uh, I, I first I have to tell Philip he and I got it wrong. I had to pull up the original article. Of the top 100 TV telecasts last year, of the top 100, I've said 86. It was 94. 94 of the top 100 were sports. And 82 of them were the NFL. In fact, here's the list of the top 10 most watched TV shows in 2022. Number one, the Super Bowl. Number two, the Rams 49ers NFC Championship. Number three, the Chiefs Bengals AFC Championship. Number four, the Chiefs Bills AFC Divisional Playoff. Number five, uh, the Giants Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Number six, the NFC Wild Card 49ers Cowboys. Number seven, Buccaneers Rams in the NFC Divisional Playoff. Number eight, Packers 49ers NFC Divisional Playoff. Number nine, the State of the Union on every network as opposed to an individual network like football. Number 10, the Bills-Lions Thanksgiving game. 82 of the top 100 were NFL events. I bring up the Taylor Swift thing because she has generated a surge in viewership. Now, follow along here. Uh, the number the number three and the number four uh, event, most watched TV games and the number 13 were all involving the Kansas City Chiefs. And because she's dating Travis Kelsey, Chiefs games are regularly, every week that they play now, the most watched telecast on television. More people are watching the Kansas City Chiefs play tele, play football than anything else in America right now because Taylor Swift is dating one of the football players. On the it's it, it, remarkable whether you like the girl or not, the woman or not. She can single handedly stimulate economic boons in town. It really is impressive, uh, and the fact that she has so much not just star power but uh, fan relatability it, it's it's an impressive accomplishment for someone. Uh, and now just going to drive up the viewership of the NFL even more. Just fascinating. You guys have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.